All right. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. If you're new to this show, this is where we're going to talk about being an entrepreneur, hitting on the struggles and advantages of being a small business owner, and how to differentiate yourself from everyone else. If you're not new, well, thanks for tuning back in again. If you're ready to defeat the chaos in your business, stick around. Today's show has a special guest. Christy Love will be joining us. Christy is an authority on communication and connection. She's the CEO of Be Seen, Be Loved, and she's an executive trainer and award-winning, ooh, that was a tough word, international keynote speaker, public speaking and confidence coach, and author of From Stage Fright to Superstar, which I'm not going to lie, many people have called me a superstar in my life. Right, Corey? I was just about to comment on that. Yeah, I knew you were. Um, she's also the host of Be Seen, Be Loved podcast and TV show host on Win Win Women Network. All right. How's it going, Corey? Doing well, Julie. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm, I'm very good. So I'm, I'm excited for today's show to talk to Christy, but I'm also excited to, you know, just get some conversation on with you beforehand. Sure. And I, I think we're going to have a... Um, this is an interesting conversation today with Christy because public speaking is one of those things that many people either aren't good at, they're afraid of, they just don't want to do, uh, they think they look dumb, they sound dumb, nobody likes listening to the sound of their own voice, well, very few people, some people love listening to their voice. <laughs> we um, know a few people who do. Yes, exactly, <laughs> but... Uh, we have we have a couple of questions. We've got some people um, who responded to us uh, to some social posts, I believe. Um, and so we'll have some questions for Christy from some of our listeners and we will jump into that. But um, before we get into that, let's talk about differentiation. Yeah, let's let's do it. Why it's so important for your business. So um, why, what would you say, Corey, is the reason that people need to differentiate themselves from the competition? So they can compete. I mean, I feel like the, the question answers itself. Um, I mean, the reason you want to differentiate yourself is you obviously want to give a better product, a better service. You want to offer something that your competitors aren't offering, or you want to do it better. It's just all about competition and finding that differentiator is uh, something that every business needs to do. And for me, for uh, because especially since I have a, a longer history in products and selling products, especially with restaurants, the, the key thing that I always tried to push in the restaurants that I ran was the intangibles, the customer service, the experience, the atmosphere, the things that are harder to copy than just a recipe or a menu item or a color palette. The things that, because, you know, like price, for example, isn't something that you would want to compete on. You want to make sure that you have a happy hour, let's say, because everybody enjoys a happy hour. But why, like, just having half off drinks isn't going to cut it. People are going to want to come to your bar because your bartender is well-trained. The, the music is just right. The lighting's right. There's the, the game on the television. All of these things kind of combine to make that intangible experience that's really hard to mimic in, in that business. And the same would go for any product-based business where what can you do that I can't literally just buy and then copy? 
Yep. In an ode to something about Mary, I want a happier hour. Not just a happy hour. I want a happier hour. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Differentiation is so important because ideally, if you can find the places in your business or the gaps in the industry where you can differentiate yourself, then you're going to stand out in your customer and your prospective customers' minds, right? They're going to remember those things that you're doing differently or that they don't see anywhere else. So they're, you know, unique to your business. And when they're then looking at, that was terrible English there, then I don't, can those two words be used together? I don't think so. When they're looking for biz for a business, for the product or service that you're offering, they're going to remember you. They're going to remember you because you went to market differently than everyone else. And differentiation is key to survival, but you can't differentiate yourself if you don't know what the competition is doing and if you don't understand your competition really, really well. Right, Corey? Yes. And I was thinking about that this morning. I was uh, driving and listening to uh, the only podcast that I listened to, BizQuick podcast. No, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you don't listen to BizQuick. You, listeners out there, you should go and check out our podcast as well. If you like what you're hearing now, but the I, the Adam Carolla show, and they were talking about the uh, insurance commercials during football season. So you had Rob Gronkowski uh, pitching services for USAA. You have Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers uh, working for State Farm, I believe. Um, and it, the, the, it just got me thinking about how for most people out there, most insurance, potential insurance customers, the only thing they care about is price. And that is such a terrible thing to, to uh, compete on because it's super easy to copy. And, and if you're, um, I don't know who said it, but you say it most of the time, uh, it, quoting somebody else, but competing on price is just a race to the bottom because nobody wins in that instance. Um, But what I was then thinking about was, all right, if nationwide and state farm and farmers and all of those are basically all the same by and far, by, by far USAA is the best. I have USAA and it's um, customer service price, the uh, amenities, everything that goes into it is amazing. So yes, if you can get USAA, do it. But um, if you're stuck with one of the other ones, I, I was thinking the the thing that they compete on is is the quality of their commercials. Like it started with Geico and the the caveman and the gecko and all of that, but now they all have to have this entertaining commercial. And I don't care, I don't care what kind of insurance I have. I just want it to be cheap, and I want to laugh at the commercials. And I think that's what they're competing on now, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I. I um can appreciate the commercials, though I hate commercials. And I also find it ironic that it's the thing that people want to see if they can get for the cheapest. I also learned um, not long ago that um, insurance, when you um, keep, it's the one area that I'm aware of where loyalty really does not pay for the most part. And that is because, you know, I had State Farm forever. I mean, like I'm talking 15 years, 20 years. I had them forever. And when I 
went to just, I was like, let me just price shop and see like what other people are offering for rates. Because I thought my insurance was getting outrageous and I didn't have that many tickets. Actually, I don't think I had any tickets at the time. And I found out that I was paying more than double that I would be paying at every other insurance company. And I thought, holy crap, right? Loyalty does not. And I had to switch because I was moving, I was moving from Pennsylvania to Virginia and um, I, they, State Farm wouldn't let me stay with the same rep, right? So I needed to either find a new rep or whatever. And so I switched companies in total um, and not because I was price shopping, but when I saw the price difference, I was like, well, this is dumb. Why would anybody pay that much money for the same coverage, right? So I, you know, I, I made that switch, but I don't want to, I don't want to turn into boring insurance people on here. I, I mean, we love insurance people, but most of them, we have a couple we don't love, but <laughs> we, um, I, I do want to keep talking about that, you know, price competing on prices, a race to the bottom, right? There's no advantage to being the second cheapest product or service or the second most expensive product or service. The only time that is an advantage is if there are only three options and you're the middle and you are the middle priced product or service, then people are more likely to go with you just simply because they don't want the cheapest because, well, there's something wrong with it. They don't want the most expensive because, well, that's dumb. Like most people will go with that middle tier, but you're not going to find yourself in that situation for very often. Not very many businesses are going to have that that particular situation. And so competing on prices, it's a fool's errand. You shouldn't even waste your time doing it. Just you've got to find other ways to differentiate yourself that don't involve a dollar sign. And I want to go back to as much as um, you were trying to steer us away from that insurance conversation. I want to jump back to it real quick. Uh, so when you were with State Farm in, in Pennsylvania, you said you had a rep, like a relationship with an actual person. Yeah, an agent. I did. Yeah. Is that weird? Okay. I, I, well, I don't know. And it, it sounds weird to me and I'll explain why. But this just drives home that point is that you were you were not loyal to State Farm. You were loyal to the person, the rep. That is correct. The, the customer. Tony. And, yeah. Tony. And so cust- customer service, the that that was what was keeping you uh, as a customer of State Farm. When it comes to USAA, I think that's weird that you have a rep because I don't I don't have a rep. Whenever mm-hmm. I have a problem, I just call a one eight hundred number and I get whoever picks up the phone first. Mm-hmm. And that in theory, sounds terrible. It sounds like you're just talking to a big company and you're just going to get dumped at a call center. But I have never had a bad experience calling the 1-800 number and just talking to whoever picks up first because they do a good job of training their people. Customer service is important to them and I don't have to get assigned to somebody because literally anybody in the company can help me out. Um, you know, I was dealing with some family issues a couple of years ago and uh, called them up. I called the wrong number and the woman just walked me through the whole thing and then document everything, connected me with the correct person, followed up afterwards to make sure all my questions were taken care of, et cetera. And I mean, it was great service again, because uh, for them, they, they know that's important and they train everybody in their company to deliver that service. And that's what their differentiator is there, aside from the fact that they're selective about who can purchase from them, but they it it's it, that right there for me, I will do anything to make sure that I never lose uh, my insurance policies with USAA. That's interesting. You want to know why I was loyal to Tony? <laughs> 
Um, this is so like, I, you know, I signed on with him when I first moved to the East Coast and I didn't really know him. And, you know, after a number of years of being with his agency, I um, had bought my first and only ever brand new car, right? And um, that car was probably more engine than I probably should have had, right? So it was a it was a BMW 650. And I got more speeding tickets in that car than I can possibly even remember. But one time I was on my way from Philadelphia to Michigan, MGO Blue, <laughs> to see a football game. And I was driving through Pittsburgh. On I was on you know the turnpike and I'm in, in the area of Pittsburgh and I got pulled over. I got popped for doing like 95 in a 55. It was bad. It was bad. And I, um, while the cop was running my license, I called my insurance agent. I called Tony and I was in a panic. And I said, Tony, oh my God, I just got busted. I got the biggest speeding ticket. I got just got popped for doing 95 and a 55. Like, what is this going to do to my insurance rates? And Tony goes, I don't know. That depends, Julie are you going to tell your insurance agent you got the ticket? And I said, well, what do you mean? Like, Tony, I'm calling you. And he goes, yeah, are you going to tell your insurance agent you just got busted for speeding? And I said, no. And he goes, yeah, we don't run your record anymore because you've been with us for so long. So as long as you don't tell your insurance agent, you're fine. It's not going to do anything. It's <laughs> like, that was a very important lesson for me. He did not have to say that. He could have like really hammered me. He didn't. He was as loyal to his clients as as they were to him. And he was great. So I, you know, I stayed with him until I actually I stayed with him when I moved to Minnesota. I didn't tell them that I left the state. I just changed my mailing address and kept my coverage. And then I went back to Pennsylvania. And when I left Virginia, they're like, all right, this time you actually have to change agents. And I was like, okay, but that is why I was loyal to that particular agent for so long. It was just easy. And uh, he did right by me. Sure. And for anybody from State Farm out there listening, Tony is not his real name. We're doing Tony in quotation marks. <laughs> well, he's since retired. So I think. Oh, okay. So yeah, <laughs> well, I don't want to get him in trouble, Julie. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think we will, but all right. So now I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to do? You want to gush any more about your insurance company or do you want to talk a little bit more about? Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to take a break here soon. So let's jump into communication and how you communicate with your customers, how you speak, how you present yourself. Um, of those basically three things I said, what's the most important when it comes to um, your communications? And you can pick more than that's just that three. But when you're communicating, like what what do you think is the most important thing for um, communications to customers, your team, anybody. What do I think is the most important? Yes. I, I think authentic communications. I don't, that wasn't an option. <laughs> what you well, gave. that's why I said you could pick something else other than those three. Yeah. So I think being authentic, like speaking for who you are, like when we, it took us a long time to find the voice of 
our brand for SB Pace, right? And and it took us a while on BizQuick to figure out. And no, Aaron, BizQuick is not a pancake mix. It is a podcast. <laughs> um, it took, but it took us a while to find our true voice and being having your authentic voice and using that is going to attract the right people to your to your business, right? You're going to get the clients or the customers that you want to work with. So I think being authentic is really important. I also think you and I both know, Corey, the removal of filler words on, you know, podcasts or the radio show is important because nobody wants to listen to like, um, um, like, um, like, Nobody wants to listen to that. So getting rid of that and having crisp communication is really important. It also, you sound smarter when you have crisp communication, right? You might not be smarter, but you sure sound like you are. Sure. And those those filler words, the easiest way for us to get rid of them was to actually start listening to ourselves talk. And you realize really quickly how often you're saying, um, like, but every once in a while you can drop those in there because it makes you sound real makes you sound human but the the goal is to eliminate them as much as possible but that authentic communication i think is the most important part because you never want to come across as fake and the best example that i can think of is if you have let's just pick any celebrity i don't know one off the top of my head but they seem like they're fun they're on the fun commercials or they give great interviews and they're super bubbly and chirpy and friendly and whatever else on the red carpet. But then there's a video on that comes out on the internet of them interacting with some, some person on the street and they're just a complete dick. You're like, Oh, I always thought that person was so nice. And it's hard because you have to be authentic all the time, or you have to be acting all the time. And it's much easier to just be authentic and, and own your voice. And just when it comes to customers, just finding that target market that, resonates or connects with with your with your voice agreement all right let's take a quick break and when we come back on the other side and you're going to have christy love with us i'm so excited to talk to her we'll see you on the other side Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. 
Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. We got Julie and Corey here, and we have our guest, Christy Love, with us now, and very excited to talk to her all about communication and Maybe we can all learn how we can get a little bit better at it. Hey, Christy, thanks for joining us. Hi, Julie. Hi, Corey. I am so happy to be here. It's an honor. Yeah, we are. We're looking forward to this conversation. I think, you know, communication, talking publicly is um, one of the single biggest fears that people have. So I I feel like there'll be good information for people to learn here and Um, We'll just, you know, kind of weave our way through it. So let's just start with the softball question of tell us about yourself, Christy. (laughs) All right. Well, my journey actually started around 19 years ago now, 19 years ago. I remember I was very young, dating myself a little bit, but I had a great opportunity to move to sunny Southern California, work for this absolutely amazing company, Fortune 500 company. And it was it was a dream come true. Uh, I had a glass office that overlooked the ocean, Pacific Ocean. It was great. And my desire was to really climb the corporate ladder within this company. However, it was also during that time that I developed a social anxiety disorder called glossophobia, where I, I could not speak. I was totally intimidated by pretty much everyone. I couldn't even shake someone's hand, look them in the eye, or even answer a phone call. So I knew I had a problem, right? That's not going to work in a corporate environment. So a friend of mine told me about an organization called Toastmasters International quite a while ago. And I looked them up and found that they're a public speaking organization and I needed help. And I knew that they could help me. I remember calling them and finding that there was a group that met about a couple blocks from my job. So I thought, hmm, get off of work around five o'clock and drive on over to the parking lot and sit there and just wait a couple of hours and I just walk right in. Well, I remember that day distinctly. I sat in the car for two hours, screaming, crying, hyperventilating, having panic attacks. I was calling my mother to, because I was terrified to walk in that door. If anyone knows me, they know that I'm pretty courageous. So I mustered enough courage to do it anyway. But when I walked in, and they asked me to greet myself or, you know, greet myself or tell a little bit about me. All I could do is say, hi, my name is Christy. and sit down. I was fearful of speaking, but I knew I had to master the art of communication. I had to become a better speaker because I knew my life, my career, my relationships, everything depended on it. And so I kept coming, go, coming back. I kept coming back. I kept coming back over and over and over again. And the first time that I spoke, I was terrified. You know, 75% of the population experienced stage fright at some point of their life. 
And nine out of 10 people fear public speaking over death. And that was definitely the case for me. But over the years, I've mentored hundreds of people and got better and better and better and began to love public speaking, love being in front of audiences, love serving. But after a while, I thought to myself, Christy, look at that door. That, that door that I first walked into on my first day of joining Toastmasters. And what I was looking for were people who looked like me, people who had fear in their eye of public speaking. And so that's when I made it my duty, my destiny to not allow anyone to turn around and leave without learning the skill because I didn't want anyone's life to be stuck, stagnant, or feel inferior, or continue to feel invisible, because they never learned how to speak in public. Fast forward, I have spoken on multiple stages, both nationally, internationally. Like I said, I love public speaking. It's carried over to my coaching, which I um, help people to gain confidence and being able to speak more confidently in in front of people, whether it's at your job, your career, or if you want to be a paid speaker. I'm a podcast host and also a TV show host of a new network called Win Win Women. And now we are putting together events uh, around the globe. And so exciting, so excited for that. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. Thank you. That... um certainly gives our audience some really good perspective on your experience and how you 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 lived the the fear of speaking and and got to the other side of that so um i love that Corey. yeah so I've, i had a quick question i want to go back to the stat you threw out in there that 75 percent of people have experienced stage fright at some point in their life is that because the other 25% has never had to publicly speak or that there are that many people out there just naturally uh, gifted at, at speaking? Well, I did a little research on this topic and I'm glad you asked that question, Corey, because it's all having stage fright all resolves about around your mindset. And when you were thinking about it, it starts from when we were very young, right? When we were very young, you know, your parents, what did they tell you? Be quiet shut up, sit down, you go to school, what do your teachers tell you? Hush. And if you didn't obey, you didn't have great conduct, what would they do? They would write a negative report in your report card. Who was that taken to? That was given to your parents. And again, you get in trouble. Well, fast forward to now you're this great, you may be a great leader, you may be well in your company, but all those different things that you've experienced through life that has suppressed you over and over and over and over again, come in a form of stage fright when you're put on the spot. And a lot of people have similar situations that in their life that experience that caused the, you know, the stage fright or that they're experiencing now. However, there are some people who, yes, life was a little bit easier and their family members kind of understood the art of communication and knew that um, suppressing them was not going to be beneficial for their future. 
And so there are some people who life was more carefree and they had communication in their, in their, in their household or in their environment and they didn't have the problems and challenges that most of us face. But most of us face exactly what I was talking about, being suppressed, bullied. Remember being bullied if someone ever has had that happen to them in school or people laughing at them at some point. All of that negative thinking, thinking carries over to our adult life. I, th- I think that's such a, I mean, that, that's a great point and that uh, really connects with or, or um, is something when it comes to encouraging or empowering your employees in your business, because it's the same thing with curiosity, because as, as children, I mean, those children are extremely curious and that can get stifled if the parents try, you know, again, be quiet, don't ask questions, whatever, like you should encourage that curiosity. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for people at work, like you should encourage people to talk and to ask questions and to question what's going on because you're not like, you're not going to change if you, you don't allow that feedback, don't allow people to talk to you. And so when it comes to that, that public speaking and not standing up on a stage, but talking in front of a group of people or talking to employees in a conference room or, and at the warehouse or talking to a vendor on the phone, you want to be able to listen as well, because that's just as important to, for your business. Oh, yes. It goes uh, two ways. There's one side is the communication part and the other side is being able to connect, being able to connect if you're a leader, okay, to your team and being able to connect with your your clients, your customers. And public speaking kind of evolves around expanding on both of those areas and being able to do that. And that's how you grow as a leader in any corporate environment is the more you're able to connect and establish those relationships on a personal level, the more you're going to build trust and hopefully build more rapport for the company itself. I love that. I think that's so important. And and so many people lose sight of that when Mm. they're building a company. I want to get into some of the questions that we've got from listeners. So we asked on Tuesday for listeners to drop any questions that they might have for you around the topic of communication and, and public speaking. And the first question that we have is, what are some things you can do to really wow and impress an audience when public speaking? Ooh, I love this question. I, I love being able to speak in front of a, a group of people and allow um, and be more engaging and connect with them and create a bond and really just own the room. And not everybody's able to do that. And so what I would say is, for one, practice your public speaking skills. There are certain things that you need to develop in order to become a more dynamic speaker. One is eye contact. Eye contact allows you to connect with your audience, learn that, that, that skill or tactic. The other is your voice. Okay. A lot of people stand, they stand in front of a group. They sound very monotone and it is, they speak. No, it's really not about what you are saying is how you deliver your message. That's more, most important. And number two, I mean, three is actually how you are able to connect and work the room, walk closer to your, to the audience members in a crowd, speak to them in, in, include them in a conversation and speak to people as if you're talking to one person and speak to people through your soul, your soul, like how the other, the last gentleman talked about being authentic. 
You must be authentic and speak from the heart. And when you're speaking from the heart, you're able to connect with people on a different level. So those are some a couple of items I can give you or tips I can give you to help become a more engaging speaker on stage. Oh, I love it. And I will say, Corey and I both said authenticity before you mm. joined the show. Um, and I do want to, <clears throat> excuse me, I do want to let everyone know that question came from Patrick. I'm probably going to butcher this name. This is usually where Corey comes in handy for me. Kowalewski. Kowalewski. Yeah. Um, and uh, Patrick submitted that question via Instagram. So um, thank you, Patrick. And our next question, and Corey, I know you can say her name. <laughs> yes, this is from uh, Francis Yenjuchek. And Ooh, Corey's good. <laughs> well, Francis is Francis was our intern, our summer intern last okay. last year, and uh, she still helps us with social media now. Uh, she's she's in um, finishing up her last year of school, but um, he has perfected her name, and I have not. I just call yes. her the intern. <laughs> but anyway, Francis asks also via Instagram, "What are the best tips?" for calming nerves before speaking in front of a large audience. And actually, I think it could be just audience because I don't, I don't think in many instances, it probably doesn't matter how many people are there. If you're nervous, you're nervous. Right. Doesn't, doesn't matter. And I love your, boy, I love your listeners. Wow. They come up with some great questions, but this is, this is a, another one that's very important, especially when people do feel nervous. Now, one thing that I tell my clients is to make sure that you do find something Find something that's going to bring your energy or that you can um, like exude or expend your energy into a more positive way. For me, before I go on stage, I love to dance. I love to dance and I, I love music. I'm dating myself, but I love to listen to Cool and the Gang's song. What is it? Celebrate Good Time because every time I speak in front of a group of people it is a celebration and so for me i always dance before i get on a zoom call before i speak to a client before i go anywhere i'm always dancing i want to exude that as much energy as i can in the most positive way because when i get on stage i want to have or seem like i have the most utmost energy and vitality to dynamically engage that audience and so transfer that energy somewhere else, whether it's meditation or some people like to meditate, some people exercise, do push-ups or something like that, but do something to yeah, transfer that energy, that nice was, energy somewhere else. I was really hoping that a glass of whiskey was going to be your answer. But... <laughs> that may backfire a little bit, but <laughs> it may work for a little bit. I wouldn't say a glass, maybe a sip. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <do>. Um <laughs> One of the things, one of the problems that I have, and it, right, speaking on Zoom calls, the radio, podcast, all of that's easy to, easy to do because I'm sitting behind a computer, very comfortable doing it. But standing up in front of a group, I always feel like a goon because I never know what to do with my arms or my hands or how to stand and all of that. And I, that's one of the things that I know that I need to work on because it's you just you don't look dumb, but you feel dumb just standing up there with your hands by your side. Um, and you definitely don't want to have your arms crossed. I love having my arms crossed, but apparently that's Ooh. intimidating. Yes. No, no. Well, a couple of options or suggestions I can give you there is one, when you are standing in front of a group of people, remember, this is showtime. This is your time to shine. So you want to stand and your, your posture should be erect and with the utmost professionalism 
and confidence as you can. Now, when you're standing and walking on stage, you want to have more of a relaxed, a relaxed, um, relaxed movements and flow to your body. And what you were mentioning right there is what you were thinking, oh, you know, I think that I'm, you know, more, you know, rigid and I, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that. That's when stage fright sets in. All right. When you when you have stage fright, you're thinking about, or what are people thinking about me? How do I look? Are people judging me? Are they going to make fun of me? What am I doing wrong? And comparing yourself to other people. Now, to transform that, I call it negative thinking, thinking, you want to put that focus back onto the audience. Remember, you're there to serve them. So it doesn't matter what you look like, really. Of course, practice your, your craft. You know, practice those arm movements, body gestures, all of that outside of the room. But when you're on stage, it's not about you anymore. It's all about the audience, okay? And the message that you're there to serve and deliver. Mm, so important and such a great um, visual point to, to think about the audience and remember it is all about them. I think many people, most, will probably never have the opportunity to speak on stage, but that doesn't diminish the value of the information, the lesson, the education that you're providing, Christy, in that we communicate every single day, oh, yes. whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, phone calls, oh, yes. Zoom. And it's so important to have good communication habits. Can you give just a couple of, we're just a couple of minutes away from the break here, but can you have just a couple of quick tips for our listeners that can maybe help them in every area and not just, and, and I know it, it translates across the board, so I don't need to say not just specific to the stage, but things that can help people improve communications. Okay. One thing that I can say is that when you're off the stage, the best form of communication is listening, listening. And I think people have just stop, just stop doing this. They stop listening. Okay. When you're listening, when you look engaged at the person you're talking to, that's when you're going to be better, best connect with them. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship. Okay. This can definitely help relationships when you're able to listen, listen to the person's wants, needs, and desires. And then you can give a better answer or message to them that's going to help them in some area of their life. And this definitely helps at work. Okay. Listening, listening and paying attention to what do your clients want? What do they really need? What do your coworkers or your staff want? What do they need? And being able to effectively present that message in a way that's clear, direct, and precise, and it's going to benefit them in some kind of way. Mm, thank you. All right. We are bumping up against the break. Let our listeners know really quickly, Christy, how they can find you. And um, then we will, uh, we'll, we're going to jump to break right after that. Absolutely. You can go to my website and find me at www.beseenbeloved.com. And make sure you go there. I have a free guide for you. It's called How to Master the Art of Communication Like a Pro. It's a quick check sheet. But yes, go to my website. You can find out all about me there and also connect with me as well. If you want to move forward with any coaching, confidence coaching, or any way I can help you in the area of communication and connection. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was fantastic. And I loved the listener questions and your ability to answer them. So 
so specifically for the listener. So um, thanks for joining us and we will see you guys on the other side. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to the show, everybody. And we are getting in the home stretch of today's today's episode, today's show, I guess. Um, show. Just, yeah, today's yeah. show. Sure. We just had Christy Love on. And if you missed that conversation, make sure to go back and check that out. If you want to learn about communication, get some tips and tricks on how to be a better communicator. And right now is when I would play the whistle sound, but I am on the road and don't have my equipment with me. So we're going to get oh into gambling. <laughs> That is the worst whistle ever. Well, I didn't want to get really loud. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk All about right. gambling. So uh, last week was a good week for uh, Team Defeat the Chaos. Julie and I both had wins. Julie went with the Bengals, who won outright. Uh, I believe most of the country was surprised about that. And 
My Niners pick covered by half a point. You got to love that hook sometimes. Oh, yeah. The hook is important. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I went first last week. You can go this week, Corey. Who okay. So, so no football this weekend, but we do have plenty of other things to talk about. I am – so we're, I'm going to go college basketball this week, and we've got the Oregon Ducks playing at the Colorado Buffaloes. And the Buffaloes are getting two points. All of our spreads and numbers we get from our friends at Action Network. They don't know that we are their friends, but we love the guys over there at Action Network. So uh, I got Colorado Buffaloes plus two. That's my pick for this week and for today. Nice. I Yeah, we do love the guys at Action Network. Um, that's the only app that I use for looking at lines. I'm going with uh, men's college basketball as well. And I am going to take Ohio State um, over Iowa. And Ohio State is five-point favorite. And I'm going to – and it pains me to ever take Ohio State in anything. But, you know, gambling's gambling. So that's my pick for today, Ohio State. Yes, you have to take the emotion out of gambling. Sometimes you have to bet against your own team to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you do. Yes. And that um, that kind of takes me into, if we're ready to jump in the news, Julie, uh, takes me into my first uh, article of the day. And you know how much I love talking about numbers and metrics and measurements and all of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the... Um, uh, article, the title is Spotify adds billions in market cap since Neil Young, nothing burger. And so if everybody's probably aware, um, Joe Rogan is on Spotify and Neil Young threatened to take his music off if they didn't get rid of Joe, Joe Rogan. Uh, obviously, Spotify went with the bigger ticket, the bigger moneymaker, the giant contract that they had and said, uh, all right, later, Neil Young. And then Joni Mitchell jumped on board and everybody was oh, this. I don't know, has feelings one way or the other. And we're not going to get into that. But all of the news uh, out there over the weekend, this was this past weekend is when most of these news articles came out, they were talking about the giant drop in market value that Spotify had. They had lost billions of dollars since Neil Young um, said that he was going to, uh, that he was like, since he removed his music and looking at that, he's like, wow, that's crazy that like, clearly people have thoughts on that. And maybe Neil Young is more important than we thought he was. But if you just step back just a, I don't know, a couple more weeks and just look at the data overall, first of all, the entire market was down or trending down and Spotify had been trending down for the past month. The fact that they lost money over the weekend should be no surprise if you look at the previous 30 days to that because they were losing money since then before Neil Young even said a word about Joe Rogan, before Neil Young probably even knew who Joe, Joe Rogan was. And So if you're looking at just the headlines, if you're looking at such a small piece of data, whether it's who you're going to uh, pick for college basketball today or what stock you want to buy, or if you're going to make a decision in your business, you need to have all the numbers. You need to step back, look at the big picture, look at the trends and not cherry pick your data to support whatever point you're trying to get across. Well, that's the problem with media today is that the data is cherry picked. What was the name of the show that Joe Rogan used to host? Uh, Fear Factor. Fear Factor. Okay. So literally millions and millions of people, you know, they watched that show, right? I never actually watched it because I was always 
a little bit fearful of what they were going to make people do on that show. Cause you know, I have a very, very low threshold for being completely skeeved out and uh, having to close my eyes because I don't want to see it. But, you know, it, it just seems as if the entire world was on board with and okay with Joe Rogan making people drink cow urine. But when Joe Rogan gets on factual people, to talk about gets on experts and just asks questions. He really, in most instances, wasn't even holding an opinion. You know, he was just asking questions to understand better what's happening in the world. That's when people start to have a problem with what he was doing. Like he's more reliable than all of mainstream media combined. I mean, when you look at like his numbers, that he's getting per episode of people that are tuning in to watch on YouTube or listen to him. And actually I don't, it's not YouTube to watch on Spotify because he is exclusively on Spotify, right? Yes. When, when you see the numbers, it is more than like CNN and MSNBC combined for what he's getting. And like people have, it's just amazing to me that, you know, also Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. Can we just talk about in the 70s? They were the people who were standing up for freedom and for your rights. And now all of a sudden they're trying to cancel and silence somebody. And I'm like, do you even understand the irony of what you're doing? And I, everybody gets an opinion, but I don't, not everybody needs to know your opinion. Like, shut up. That's- well, and the, the thing that I appreciate about Joe Rogan, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, uh, or and I, so I'm going to be verbatim, but basically he said, I'm, I'm not an expert on anything. I'm an entertainer. Like, yeah. I don't know why you're considering anything that I'm saying, because I'm, like, I'm just here to entertain people. I'm not giving an expert opinion on anything. Yep. Um, and so- I do love how Spotify came out and they said, well, we're going to put you know, a warning label on any content that talks about COVID. That was their, that was one of the solutions they came up with, right? We're going to do this starting now. There will be a content warning. And Joe Rogan was like, cool. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's like, fine. Didn't, didn't care because he stands by the information. And I want to um, jump into a topic that is, oh, I don't have a headline. It's just something that I wanted to talk about today, which is very similar to the Joe Rogan piece that you just covered and the cherry picking of data, but it's about the trucker convoy in Canada and how mainstream media is portraying this trucker convoy as these, you know, bad actors and that there's only like 50 truckers involved in this and there's like 50,000 of them. (laughs) And it's just insane to me how you can't, you can't go to mainstream media for news anymore, like for accurate information. And, and that's across any, any channel. Like I'm not, I'm not advocating for Fox over CNN. I'm just saying in total, there's no place to get accurate information on your television for mainstream media. Yeah, every everybody's got a bias right now, and I, the the thing when when we're talking about media and any media for the most part has a bias, and it drives me insane when people can't admit that the source of news, like their source of news, isn't biased. They say, "Well, you know, the Fox is biased to CNN, but uh, you know." MSNBC. And it's like, no, they're all biased. Everybody's got a bias. They're all owned by rich people who have an agenda of some point. 
and their 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 advertisers are lining their pockets and they have to say the things that they have to say in order to make sure that they get paid because they can get they can get canceled by their advertisers they can get canceled by the network owners they all of those things so they're playing a game they're making sure that they're saying what they should say in order to get continue to get paid and oftentimes that's not reporting like we we think back in the days of days of old where people are you know they've got their their fedora on with the little card in there that says press and they're asking the hard hitting questions like i don't even think that stuff ever happened back in the day um it, it's it's all biased it's all the my only advice is to make sure that you just go to multiple places to get um your information right uh, but i would say this we're we we talk about you know the you know they're getting paid by advertisers well the other side of that is just look at cnn i just heard this statistic this morning every morning i listen to the morning wire 15 minute podcast with three news stories and there they give really great information and on the story this morning they were talking about how the president of cnn suddenly resigned yesterday and there's a lot of theories around why and I'm, i won't get into it but the one data point they gave was that year over year their viewership is down 80 percent and their viewership is down 80 percent because nobody trusts them anymore right and it's not just them this is across the board for mainstream media but when you when nobody trusts you then you've you've got a different problem to fix because if people stop tuning in it doesn't matter who your advertisers are they're going to stop advertising with you if nobody is watching so mainstream media, I think, needs to fix the problem of actually becoming truth tellers and reporting the information that the American people need to hear, regardless of which side of the aisle they're on or what their belief system are, report the truth and then go from there. Like not everything has to be colored for us. We are adults who can figure things out on our own. But the sad thing is, Julie, most of us can't. And <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, the, the problem is the American people don't pay CNN. The American people don't pay Fox. They and it, like indirectly do. They pay for products that the advertisers sell. The advertisers pay for the ad space. But by and large, I mean, they're all bought and paid for. I mean, and you have to you have to do what the money tells you to do, and and that like being the the honorable news reporter these days just makes you look like a crackpot because everybody's just going to shit on you because what do you know? You're not uh, you know you're not a trusted source or or any of that. It's it's frustrating, but we have to wrap the show up for today. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say one more thing because I know okay. I've got I've got a little bit of time. Um. Well, you're right. The American people aren't the ones paying the news channels, um, but the sponsors aren't going to be paying any more, paying them anymore either if they don't start getting some listeners and some viewers back. So that's all I'm going to say on that. All right. This was a good episode today. I really appreciated co-hosting with you today, Corey. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Julia. And I can't wait for the day when we go to close out and we don't say that this was a good show. We're like, man, this show sucked today. I know, right? It'll happen. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Eventually, we're going to suck, Corey. All right. Well, you can find us at sppace.com. You can tune into our um, podcast, BizQuick, on all the channels. And we hope we see you here again next week. We, uh, we love when you listen. <laughs>